You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. So, Leslie, did you know that the typical household spends 1500 bucks a year on energy bills? And if you're writing checks this weekend, you sure do know. But Uncle Sam can help you shave up to 450 bucks off your energy costs. So gather up your energy bills and hit MoneyPit.com. Click on Ideas and Tips, then click Estimators and Calculators, and use the Energy Star Home Energy Yardstick to save some bucks on your house. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie and I are standing by to share our expertise live from the Money Pit Garage, where we're busy fixing up our studio. Tinkering always. That's right. Always something going on here at uh, at Studio Money Pit. But we're going to take <laughs> a break to share with you some home improvement knowledge that we've picked up through our years of tinkering, and uh, hopefully it can make some of your projects a little bit easier, especially now that uh, spring has officially sprung Boing. into action. That's it's my spring is sprunging. clear up and clean out. Yes, you know, Leslie, when you explain the sound effects, they <laughs> kind of lose their impact. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure. You didn't respond. I wanted I got to it. make sure it was in there. No, the silence was the response, okay? <laughs> Well, I bet you didn't know that the spring cleaning custom actually goes all the way back to pioneer days when the spring thaw coincided with the major airing out of your house. Imagine if we did that today. If we, we had just to air opened out everything house. up. You know, years ago, I used to live in Germany and they actually did like one time a day, they would open all the windows of their house in the middle of the winter. And it was really, you were considered to be like a dirty person if you didn't do that. Like that was part of their tradition. And man, did they pay Every through day? the nose for heating bills, you know? There's other there's smarter ways to actually get fresh air in your house than than throwing your windows open in the middle of winter, I might add. But it's refreshing. Well, it is. But you know, these days it's also an important perennial task. Things like cleaning the gutters out and uh, cleaning up the walkways around your house. It's all sort of part of the spring cleaning routine. Yeah, and you can keep your appliances running smoothly by cleaning the dust bunnies out of the refrigerator coils and the lint out of your dryer vent, which you should do every single time you use that dryer, and the filter on your furnace. Those are some things to keep things operating more smoothly. And maybe your spring is going to involve uh, hanging up some pictures, hanging up some shelves. So if you're going to do one of those two tasks, we've got a great prize to give away this hour. It's the Multitasket from Ryobi. Yeah, it's like having a third hand, so call us now for your chance to win this great prize. It's worth just about 50 bucks, but it could be yours for free. one 888 888 Illinois, you've got a leaky problem. Where's this happening? What's going on? Well, I'm in Carbondale, Illinois, and my 
uh, roof started leaking right around my chimney, and I didn't really know what to do and how to do it and what I needed, what kind of material. And that's well, where roofs always leak. Sounds like a flashing in, problem. <laughs> they don't leak in the middle. They, they leak where things go through the roof, like chimneys and pipes and vents and things like that. What kind of chimney do you have, Mary? Is it a brick chimney? It's a brick chimney. Okay. Good and guess, Tom. Oh, yeah. You know what? I am psychic, baby. Hey, how about the flashing material? Is it aluminum? What's it look like from the street? Can you tell? Mm, well, it's just a metal. How old is the house? Like silver metal? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's aluminum flashing. Well, there's two ways to do this, Mary. Um, the, the first way is for you to apply a sealant on top of the flashing. Um, it's like a, a tar? A, yeah, like a tar sealant on top of the flashing. I generally don't recommend that because it only gives you a temporary fix. The best way to do it is to have a professional roofer replace the flashing. Now, to properly flash a chimney, you need two pieces of flashing. You need a base flashing, which goes under the shingle and against the chimney, and you need something called a counter flashing, which goes inside one of the mortar joints of the chimney and then over top of the base flashing. So those two pieces work together, and it doesn't matter if the roof expands or contracts or shifts or swells. Because it's a two-piece system, it sort of has that built-in expansion joint possibilities, and it's not going to leak. That would be the best way to make this repair is to actually physically replace the flashing because that's obviously where the breakdown is occurring. I don't know what kind of a flashing job they did to begin with, but if you replace that flashing with base flashing and counter flashing, that will do the trick. I will caution you, though, if you contact a, a roofer to do this job, they try to sell you a new roof, your roof shingles are not worries in that your roof is leaking. Your flashing is. So don't let them talk you into a new roof unless you're really ready to buy one, okay? No, I'm not. Yeah, okay. How, how old is the roof now, Mary? Probably, oh, 10 years or so. Yeah, you ought to have another 10 years out of that. So that's a perfect time just to do the flashing leak and leak repair, and it's okay. easy to do, okay? Okie dokie. Thank you much for Thank calling you us. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Pat in Delaware funds the money pit on WDEL, and you've got an air conditioning question. What can we do for you? Yes. Um, I have a two-story colonial home, and we had central air put in not too long ago. And at the very top of our steps, it goes up to our second floor, they put a hole in the ceiling about the size of a two-by-two-inch, I mean, two-foot-by-two-foot two square. Okay. That's the attic. Mm-hmm. I constantly feel cold air coming down. And to me, they said, no, that's the how the air conditioning and the heat in the winter, everything will go through. That's your cold duct return. Yeah, that's your cold air return. When you feel this, this cold air and you're standing, are you standing like right under it, sort of at the top of your stairs? Yeah, it's right over my linen closet and in the hallway right well, quite... let me Let me tell you what could be happening. As If that system is on, is, does it, do you only feel it when the system is on or do you feel it when it's off? No, when it's on. Well, when it's on, that has a, a tremendous draw of air that goes in there because that's where all of this air, you know, just, uh, you know, hundreds of, squ- of, of square feet or of cubic feet of air is being sucked up into that. And, and that actually causes somewhat of a breeze. And as that air moves across your body, what happens is it causes a condition known as evaporative cooling. Basically, as the moisture, the perspiration evaporates off your skin, you get a chill as that warm air, even though it's warm, is being pulled across that space. So if you're feeling this when it's on, it might actually be doing its job. And 
especially in the air conditioning mode, it's exactly the right place to put it. Now, the only place that air could be leaking from the attic might be around the outside of the box. That's easy enough to tell because you would simply go up in the attic, you'd pull back the insulation around where the cold air return is attaching to the ceiling, and you'd see if it's sealed in that area. And if it's not, if there's gaps, certainly there could be some cold air from the attic that's leaking in there. But most likely, I think what you're just feeling is the draft caused by the cold air return doing its job. Is there anything she can put on there like a diverter to make it so that it doesn't blow right on her head when she's at the linen closet? But it's not blowing on her head. It's blowing by her head. That's it, the, the, the return is sucking air up. So not okay. really. But you, you, you said me? something about a box? Well, the cold air return box, the duct box, is going to be attached to the ceiling. And if you go up in the attic and look where that area is connected, you'll, you might see some gaps around there. I doubt it, but that, that's possible. The other thing you could do is pull the, pull the grill off the return air duct. You could, see it from, you could see it from downstairs that way, too. If you happen to see any gaps around that, a simple way to fix that is to go out and buy some um, expandable foam in a can. Great stuff or something like that comes in a latex version, by the way, now, which is a lot easier to use and less staining. And you simply spray it in that gap between the, the, the duct and the ceiling. And then it's going to expand and kind of look a bit sloppy. Don't touch it. Just let it expand and let it dry. Then you can take a utility knife and cut it nice and clean and, and trim it off and then put the grill back on. Well, the only thing is, when I go up in the attic, there's no box. It's just a square hole with the grill showing on the underneath side. Right. There's a duct that goes in there, though. No, it's just a, a grill laying on a square hole. There's got to be a duct attached to it. It wouldn't be a cold air return without a duct. You're getting constant cold air in the winter, and in the summer you feel the hot air. There's got to be something attached to it. So if there isn't, then there's Then it's wrong. I can't imagine in a million years why somebody would just put a hole in your ceiling. There's got to be a duct attached to it. I know. They said this had to be free. It had to be able to, it would suck it up the stair steps. Well, I... And let the air get upstairs. And I said, well, isn't the cold air going to go out into the attic? And they said, no, because it'll be evenly distributed when it hits the heat of the second floor. Well, I don't know that that's true. I mean, you've got to take a careful look at that. But there's got to be a duct attached to a cold air return or it's not a return. So a okay? duct work if there's is a hole, on. If there's a grill and a hole up to your attic, it's done wrong. But I can't imagine in a million years why somebody would do that. Okay, because this is an over 50-year-old home. It doesn't matter. There's no reason to do it at all. So duct work should be connected duct to work should be connected to that. The return duct should be connected to all of those registers. Yep. I will check that out. All right, Pat. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Thank you, sir. I love your show. You're welcome. Hey, folks out there, are your otherwise clean clothes sporting a mysterious white residue after they're washed? Mm. Well, don't get agitated. We'll help you solve that problem right after this. Money pit. Dear John Deere, I just love my new John Deere 100 series riding mower. I was positively thrilled when I felt the added performance of that exclusive John Deere engine powered by Briggs & Stratton. And when I saw how great my lawn looked, I got so excited, I mowed every lawn on the block. Now we just have to figure out who wins the Yard of the Month award. All the best, Hank. Find a retailer near you or check out the new 100 series at JohnDeere.com today. Hello, this is Gary Sinise. The men and women in our military are on the front lines defending our freedom. They are working very hard to bring stability to some very dangerous places and to help make this a much safer world for all of us. But we can't take our heroes for granted. 
Americans everywhere are joining together to send an important message to those who proudly serve. For your service and sacrifice, your patriotism and devotion, America supports you. Visit americasupportsyou.mil and thank the troops for your freedom. Table saw. 18-volt drill driver. 8-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. Today, all Americans are feeling the pinch of high energy prices. And this winter, the cost of heating your home could account for nearly half of your energy bill. I'm Energy Secretary Sam Bodman, with steps you can take to save money and make your home more energy efficient. First, give your home furnace or heat pump a checkup to ensure it's running as efficiently as possible. Proper insulation in attic, ceilings, floors, crawl spaces, and exterior and basement walls can save 30% on your home energy bill. And insulate the heating ducts, even in unheated areas of your house. Finally, installing a programmable thermostat will ensure you don't pay for for energy you aren't using. Program the thermostat down to 65 degrees for eight hours a day to reduce your heating bill by up to 10%. You have the power to make a difference. You can reduce your home energy bills and help our nation reduce its energy use. For more energy efficiency tips, please visit our website at www.doe.gov or call toll-free 1-877-337-3463. This powerful savings message is provided by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Alliance to Save Energy. portion of the Money Pit is being sponsored by Peerless. If you're putting in a new bathroom or kitchen faucet, Peerless can help you with every step, including the hardest one, getting that old faucet out. For a complete undo-it-yourself guide, visit the Peerless Faucet Coach at faucetcoach.com. Welcome back to this hour of the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. All right, listeners, so if your clothes seem clean after they're spin through the washing machine, except for this white residue and you can't quite figure out where it's coming from, we can clear up that mystery, folks. That white residue is probably the result of washing clothes in hard water with a low-quality detergent and something that would contain sodium carbonate. That's right. Now, you have to be a little bit of a, of a chemist here. You have to actually read the label. <laughs> on the detergent. But if you have hard water and you want to keep things clean, you're looking for detergents that contain two things, aluminosilicates and sodium carbonate. They have to work together to soften the water. And you also want to remember, if you have hard water, to use the hottest water possible or to try the new detergents that are designed for just use in cold water. And also, of course, make it easier on everybody in the house and just install a water softener. All of those things will stop that dreaded spotting problem in the laundry when you get all that white stuff that ends up on your clothes. It's just the minerals coming out of the hard water. Yeah, but Tom, with a water softener, I know because of my traveling so much with While You're Out, we're in hotels that have different types of water in different parts of the country. I find sometimes that with a water softener, as you're washing your hands, you almost feel like the water has a moisturizer in it. Did you ever find that? Yeah, and that's because you need a water softener. That water is still too hard. Oh, that's so why that's it, why it's hard water makes you feel like water, that. Right. It feels very, very soapy and slimy all the time. Yeah, it always feels like you just can't quite get that detergent yeah, off of you. Yeah, imagine how bad Same it would be if they didn't clothes. have the water softener. 
Ugh, terrible, terrible. All right, folks, nothing to do with water, but we've got a great prize. It's the Ryobi Multitasket. It could be one lucky caller's this hour if you ask your question on air. And what happens is the Multitasket has an air grip vacuum technology, and it will adhere itself to your wall without marking it in any way on the wall surface. And then you can do four different things with this tool. It can be an extra hand. It can be a laser line to make sure that everything is on the straight. It can be a work light and it can also be a little magnetic work tray so you can put the nuts, the bolts, the screws in there and they won't go falling on the floor. It's worth about 50 bucks but it could be yours for free so call in now. one Money Pit. We will pull one name out of the Money Pit hard hat and award that person the multitasket from Ryobi. Now, if you ever cannot get through to us, perhaps the lines are a little bit busy. Remember, you can call us 24-7, the same number, 888-MONEYPIT. Talk to a live screener that works on the program. We will take your name and your number, and we will call you back the next time we are in the studio. You can also log on to our website at moneypit.com. Click on Ask Tom and Leslie and send us your question that way. Leslie, who's next? Carl in Louisiana has a difficult problem. You've got mold between walls. Is this some hurricane damage? Uh, no, ma'am, it's not. Okay, tell us how it happened or where you're seeing it and what you've noticed. I've noticed uh, the walls warping. And uh, the walls are like probably five thirty seconds or probably one-eighth panel walls. Okay. And I see them warping. And actually where the walls butt up together, they're actually separating from each other. And what it is, it's, you know, warping the walls. And I figure one day, you know, just pull the wall out and i uh, I saw it. My insulation had black mold growing on it. Huh. I said, well, okay, well, you know, it's a tin trailer I have on the side of it. It's an older trailer. I said, well, I must have holes in the on the tin on the outside. Well, sure enough, I pulled the walls out. I sprayed the, uh, the tin outside with a garden hose, and I found holes. So I siliconed the holes up. I changed all the insulation, and I've actually sprayed uh, mold control out of a spray bottle. Okay. And that stopped it for a little while. I put all new insulation, like I said, all new insulation. And I put the walls back, new walls, bought new walls, put all the walls back. And I actually see it coming back, the black mold going through the panel walls again. Yeah, it sounds like no matter how hard you try to seal up those holes, you're still getting holes in there. And the other thing that can happen is you can get condensation inside those uh, walls. It's very difficult when the walls are already constructed to deal with an issue like that. Um, one thing that comes to mind is that the, if you do end up taking some of that uh, wall material off is to not put paneling back or drywall back, but to put a product back called Dens Armor Plus. It looks like drywall, but it has a fiberglass surface, so it doesn't grow any mold. It's made by Georgia Pacific. And this way, even if it gets damp in there, it's, it's not going to have the mold food that it needs. Yeah, it's excellent for this type of application. It will really help you solve some of those problems. Yeah, that's probably your best bet because this way you won't be feeding it. When you put drywall on or paneling on, that's mold food, especially drywall. That organic paper is, is just perfect. You need a little bit of moisture and the mold really goes for that. Um, and the other thing is the next time you insulate, put a vapor barrier over the insulation before you put the drywall up. Now, has this been consistent all the way around the home, or is it in one area worse than others? Uh, it's one area, mostly in the bathroom. I put uh, the paneling throughout. See, I, was, I bought the trailer uh, probably secondhand, and I was doing some home rep- re- repairs on it. And throughout the whole house, you know, I put, you know, different bedrooms. I put different colors of paneling so I wouldn't have to paint. And in the bathroom, I actually would put plywood, uh, one-eighth thick 
plywood, plywood rough, smooth side, and I and I came back and resanded the smooth side again, primed it, and put two kick, two coats of paint, and I could actually see the black coming back through. You know, just take a, uh, you know, like a little damp cloth, and it comes off. But I noticed the mold coming back in. Hmm. Well, it sounds like the water is getting in there somewhere. Are you in the bathroom? You said it's the worst part of it. Are you dehumidifying the bathroom? Do you have a bath exhaust fan that takes the moisture out? Uh, yes, I do. I'll put one of those in. And does it take it all the way to the outside? It's not venting into another room somewhere? No, I don't think it is. Well, make sure because you just told us an important thing, and that is that the mold problem is worse in the bathroom, and you're not too sure about the ventilation. It's, it, it might be the shower, maybe, also. Right, but if you have proper venting in the bathroom, you can get rid of all that moisture directly to the outside. It sounds like perhaps it's venting somewhere else inside the house. And if that hot, that hot moist air is getting into that wall cavity, that could be a source of mold as well. So I hope those uh, tips give you some place to start. But remember, don't put drywall back or paneling. Put this uh, Dens Armor Plus product in next time. Whenever you're dealing with those moisture issues, that will never grow mold. And that's the kind of product you need in a situation like this. Where would I buy that that, that at? That's available at home centers across the country. You can go to a Home Depot and, and pick that up. Again, it's called Dens Armor Plus. Carl, thanks again for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Michael in Nevada finds the Money Pit on the Discovery Channel Radio. How exciting! Tell us what's going on in your house. Well, I um I have a steel home um and I wanted to make the outside of it look a little more traditional, like a, a stucco finish. Okay. I didn't know if that was possible to, to be able to, to do that or not. Well, sure, it is. In fact, <laughs> because it's a steel home, you're probably like one of the only homes in America that actually could successfully use an exterior insulated <laughs> yeah. foam siding system. <laughs> that's that EAF system that's uh, dreaded in the East because people put it on houses that are made of wood and it causes the wood to rot. But it has been used successfully in commercial construction, which is much like uh, built in the same way that uh, that, that steel, steel homes, homes are. Are, are built. That's right. If you don't have organic material, you have less of an issue there. Basically, the way that's done is um, it's attached to the steel siding, and then it's covered with a stucco-like material, uh, these foam panels that are attached first, and it's covered with it. The most important thing is you want the kind of of uh, siding that has drain channels in the back of it so the moisture gets in there, it'll drain out the bottom. Installation is key. You really need to find somebody that's extremely experienced with it because it is a fairly difficult product to install. But I think you're going to find that once it's installed, it's a, it's drop-dead gorgeous. It is. No one's ever you know complained that the stuff doesn't look good. It's just that it holds moisture and it causes wood buildings to rot. But if you don't have a wood building, then I think you can go ahead and put it on. Great. Okay, that's good advice. I appreciate that. You're welcome, Michael. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, hiring a handyman for your home repair project can be a good option if you're lacking in the DIY department. And if we can't help you get through it. But if you are going to hire a handyman, there's one major flaw in the process that can set you back both time and money. When we come back, we're going to tell you how to make sure your handyman is tooled and ready for your project the minute he walks in that door. Money pit. Money pit. This 
This portion of the Money Pit is being brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. Study after study shows that as homes become tighter and more energy efficient, more contaminants become trapped inside. April Air's technologically advanced electronic and media air cleaners are the best choice for maintaining healthy indoor air. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So if you're going to pay a handyman by the hour, giving thorough information up front is going to save you and him time and money. And handymen really appreciate when you are communicating with them as clearly as possible. So the first thing you want to do is meet with him and lay out in detail, and I say him, it could be the handy woman, but lay out in detail exactly what you need done and list all of the materials needed up front. Yeah, and make sure you get in writing who exactly is going to provide these materials and include a maximum time frame and maximum cost for the completed job. This is going to eliminate any unnecessary trips to the hardware store and any last-minute delays. So this is a great tip. Yeah, and that doesn't matter if you're working with a handyman on a small project or a contractor on a bigger one. Sometimes contractors aren't the best communicators. You can do the communicating for them and make both of your lives a lot more stress-free. So, for example, with the handyman, once they leave your house, if you have a verbal agreement, you might just want to sit down right then and there and jot the guy a note and confirm the conversation. It can be done in a very positive and very friendly way, but it basically sets Taking forth. minutes of all your meetings with the handy person? Yeah, exactly. Oh, good tip. That's right. Keep minutes. And that's important, I think, not so much with the handyman, but I think with the with the bigger repair jobs as they go on, the additions and the remodeling, keep a notebook. Ah, but you said this and I said that. Then you'll know exactly who said what. Yeah, exactly. So those are some ways to help the contractors communicate more clearly. One eight 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 MoneyPit is the way you communicate with us. You can also log on to our website at moneypit.com and click on Ask Tom and Leslie. Leslie, who's next? In Tennessee, Walter listens to the Money Pit on Discovery Channel Radio, and you've got an electrical question. What do you want to talk about? Yes, I got um, a security light that I wired to, you know, just like where a regular outside light would be wired to a switch. And um, I end up finding an additional one to put on the back side. I have a guest house behind my main house, and um, it's kind of dark out there on on my property. I was wondering... Well, I overload the circuit as far as if I join those two in together and mm-hmm. put them on the same switch. Um, it's like the mercury vapor light, and um, one's a mercury vapor, and then there was another one that said it was more economical than the mercury vapor that I bought a few weeks ago. I put it in the guess. I don't even remember which what, what they said it was, what kind of bug it was. Probably a compact fluorescent? Uh, that that could be it. It's supposed to like illuminate like um, I hadn't taken out the box. It's just one of those big old, like you almost see in an industrial business park. Right. Well, what else is on this particular circuit? Is it just a lighting circuit? Because frankly, adding adding two lights to a light to a, to a lighting circuit is not very likely to overload it. Okay. You, you know, your typical minimum size circuit in the house is 15 amps. And right. typically, a circuit, you know, a lighting circuit, almost, you know, almost never pulls more than a couple of amps altogether. So okay. I wouldn't be overly concerned about overloading the particular circuit. I can't tell you for sure without knowing what else is on there, but it's not likely that adding one light 
to an existing branch circuit is going to cause a problem. And if it does and it starts tripping, you're going to know right away. Okay, so basically I just basically run like a conjunction box and run some conduit down and then tie it all in and, and I should be fine as long as that's the only thing on that circuit. Yeah, but don't tie it in don't tie it in at the breaker because that will be what's called a double tap. You can't put two wires into the same circuit. You gotta tie it in before that in a properly secured and wired junction box. Okay, so the same thing would basically apply if you got a single security light far as a spotlight coming off of your house and you wanna take that down and put a double security light. And I, I just found um some economical, um, like the fluorescent bulbs that only burn like 26 watts opposed to the, you know, 90 watts. That's going to use less electricity, not more. Yeah, the compact fluorescents use a quarter of the electricity compared to an incandescent. So basically it wouldn't be no problem at all that if I went around all four corners of my house and upgraded to two two sockets, if you will. No, not, no, especially if you're going to use a, 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 a compact fluorescent like that because the actual consumption is so much less than what you had now. Okay, and I should get brighter light now. So, okay, well, yeah, I was just wondering about that because I'm not I'm on the electrical aspect. I'm obviously you don't want to burn nothing up, you know. So, well, yeah, and I will say, if you're uncomfortable doing this wiring and you don't really know exactly what's going on, then this is a smart thing to hire a professional to do. We don't usually recommend that people are not totally familiar with electrical wiring do jobs like this. I mean, certainly it's easy to. Remove and replace yeah, the a couple consequences of wires. when something is done wrong are are very great. Yes, exactly. So we want to have you approach this very, very cautiously, because Walter, we need every single listener we have. Okay, <laughs> right, right. You hear me? <laughs> I understand. Thank you so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Man, concrete is one tough material, but cleaning it can actually be tricky. Find out how to brighten your concrete after this. Money Pit! Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools let you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools, and you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. When you took your first steps or drove your first car, there was someone there to coach you through it. But when it's time to put a new faucet in, it's just you, a confusing set of instructions, and that nervous, gnawing feeling in your belly. That's where I come in. As the Peerless Faucet Coach, I can help you through every step of your installation, starting with the hardest part, getting the old faucet out. For a free undo-it-yourself guide, visit faucetcoach.com. Then get ready to turn your dreams into hot and cold running reality. Dear John Deere, I just love my new John Deere 100 Series riding mower. I was positively thrilled when I felt the added performance of that exclusive John Deere engine powered by Briggs & Stratton. And when I saw how great my lawn looked, I got so excited I mowed every lawn on the block. Now we just have to figure out who wins the Yard of the Month award. All the best, Hank. Find a retailer near you or check out the new 100 Series at JohnDeere.com today. Did you know that the air inside your home can be up to 100 times more polluted than the air outside? No matter how clean you keep your home, it's littered with harmful contaminants like viruses, bacteria, and mold, pet dander, dust, and pollen. 
contaminants that cause illness and make allergies and asthma much more severe. Thankfully, there's a way to make your home healthy. The April Air Electronic Air Cleaner. Using the best air cleaning technology available, April Air is the only whole home air cleaner that effectively removes harmful contaminants, even viruses, from the air your family breathes. And that makes your whole home a comfortable, healthy place to be. Your family deserves the best, so why not give them the best? Make your whole home healthier with the April Air Electronic Air Cleaner. April Air. Fresh ideas for indoor air. portion of the Money Pit is being brought to you by Ryobi, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. Ryobi Power Tools. Pro features, affordable prices. Available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, standing by awaiting your phone call at one eight 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 Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler, and I'm Leslie Segretti. So we're talking about concrete. You know, it's a very, very tough material, but it's also extremely porous material. And because it's porous, it can easily hold a lot of dirt. It can hold a lot of moss. It can look pretty nasty pretty quickly. If you want to keep it looking new for years, what you need to do is to apply a sealer when it's brand new. But you're thinking, well, Tom, my concrete is not brand new. It looks gross. What do I do? Glad you asked that question. (laughs) What you need to do is to pressure wash it using a bleach solution. Do I need to be careful about the uh, intensity of my pressure washer? Yes, you do need to be careful about the intensity of your pressure washer because you actually can wear away the surface of the concrete. The secret here is to kind of work smart, not necessarily work hard. The reason you do that is you put down a bleach solution first, and that breaks down the mildew that gets stuck in there and helps loosen up the dirt. You set the pressure washer on a wide spray, not a pointed spray. And then once you get it clean, and I mean really clean, let it dry for a day or two. This would be, this would be a good summer project, like start working on it when the sun goes down. And then the next day it really dries out. And then maybe the day after that, after it's nice and dry, put down the sealer then. And guess what? It will take a lot longer for that concrete to get dirty the next time. You'll be very, very happy. It will be bright and shiny, and you will impress your neighbors. How about that? All right. Well, we've got another thing that's going to make you happy. It's the chance to win a prize at no cost to you. It's a great prize this hour. It's the Ryobi Multitasket, and it's four tools in one, and it attaches itself to your wall with the air grip vacuum technology. It's not going to leave any more marks on that surface at all so you'll never know that it was there. It can have a rotating laser head attachment to give you a straight line just about anywhere in that room. It can have a work light. It can have a magnetic tray. And the coolest thing is it has this little yellow claw-like thing that acts as an extra hand. So you can use it to hold a long board. Anything you need, it will help you with that. It's worth about 50 bucks, but it's yours for free if you ask your question on air and we draw your name from the Money Pit Hard Hat. Call us now, 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's go back to the phones. Ryan in Alaska listens to the Money Pit on KENI, and you've got some squeaky floors. Where are they? Oh, it's uh, all over my my house. I, I put in some pergo laminate flooring, the hardwood-type flooring. Right. And then... I just put it in a couple, like a month ago, and all the seams are squeaking. 
So, Ryan, you think it's the new laminate flooring that's squeaking? It's not the floor underneath? Yeah, I'm positive it's the laminate flooring huh. that's squeaking. It's a brand-new house, and the house never had any squeaks. Well, it's about a two-year-old house, but it never had any squeaks until I put the flooring in. But the flooring is flexing at the seams where they snap together. Right. They might have too much room. Or not enough room. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I have never, ever heard anybody tell me that a laminate floor squeaks, which leads me to believe that it, that it might be the installation here or it, it, it might be the subfloor underneath that's now getting pressured in a new way and, and developing those squeaks. Now, is this over a uh, plywood subfloor? Yeah, it's over a plywood subfloor. And it's, uh, I didn't use it. It's that laminate flooring that has the backing on it. Yes, yeah, it has like a foam all, backing. Yeah, and then at the, at the store that I purchased the product from, they told me to put another piece of uh, foam stuff underneath of that. Uh huh. And I think, and I'm wondering if that's giving it too much flex. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that's the case. Because yeah, because the reason why they put that underlayment directly on those planks on the laminate floor is to get rid of the need for an additional underlayment. So there just might not be enough room because if the joints are bowing, something's tight. I think. Yeah, it shouldn't be moving like that. It sounds like it might be a little bit too tight. Did you leave plenty of room at the edge of the floor? Yeah, I did. All over a quarter inch around the whole house. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I think in this case I might want to give that manufacturer a call, see if they have any information from consumers, because I've heard of an awful lot of floor squeaking complaints over the years, but I've never heard of a laminate floor squeaking. So I'm afraid yeah, that I can't... The only thing I can think of is that my subfloor, even though it looked fine to me, but maybe maybe it's not all, maybe it has some low spots in it or something. Well, that's that's what I was thinking initially because, you know, even though it's a two-year-old floor, it's even more likely to squeak than an older floor because that's when those things dry out and move. And subfloors are, in new construction are nailed in with a nail that's glue-coated. It's known as a cooler because when you drive the nail in, the friction heats it up and the glue melts and then it sort of gets stuck in place. But what happens is they eventually work their way out of the joists. And as they do, they make a horrible noise. And so if you had any loose boards anywhere and maybe the pressure from whatever floor system you had before was a little bit different than you have with this laminate floor, you could literally be pushing on that floor in new spots that you never did before. That's why before you put down a new floor, I don't care if it's carpet or laminate or tile, it makes sense to go through the subfloor when you can see it and it's that easy to get to and screw it down with some hardened drywall screws so it's really nice and tight and it could never pull out again. Yeah, it just sounds like it's not. there's not enough room. That's why when you step, it's bowing up because it's, it doesn't have room to expand as you step on it and move around. Okay. Uh, did you? I had one more question. Is it standard practice to glue that laminate flooring together, or, or do most people just uh, snap them together because I didn't glue it together? Well, actually, um, with some manufacturers, when you put it in a damp area like a bathroom, they require you to glue that, that self-locking joint together. Um, but with other manufacturers, perhaps not. So the fact that you... Where was this room that you did? Was it a... It's living? a living room. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Not unless the, the, the instructions specifically called for it. The ones that I'm familiar with, um, you only have to apply glue if it's in a damp area like a bathroom. Okay. Okay, Ryan, thanks again for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. What an unusual situation. 
Yeah, it seems like he's done everything to alleviate the problem, but something is off, and I think it's the underlayment. It sounds like that could just be the uh, the hot ticket. One eight 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 money bid. Call us with your do it yourself dilemma. That's a great example of one. We'll see if we can help you out. One eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Well, coming up, we get a lot of phone calls and a lot of emails about curb appeal. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. Curb appeal, it helps to drive up the price of your home and make it more attractive to the people who are looking at it from the outside. But what if you don't have a curb? What if you have a terrace? What if you live in a condo or an apartment? How do you enhance the value of your home through the outside then? Well, we'll give you that answer next. This portion of the Money Pit is being sponsored by Metal Roofing Alliance. We call metal roofing investment-grade roofing because in your lifetime, a metal roof will save you money and add value to your home. To find a Metal Roofing Alliance contractor or to learn more about investment-grade roofing, visit www.metalroofing.com. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The website, moneypit.com, is how you can send us an email. Simply click on Ask Tom and Leslie, which is a good thing because that's your name. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Rick from Pennsylvania writes, I recently heard you give a tip about making the entrance to your home more attractive using plants in a pot or something. Will you repeat the suggestion, please? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I think what Rick is talking about, curb appeal, and it really does a huge benefit to your home if you're selling it, if you're living in it, whatever. It makes people feel good about where you live, and it makes you feel good about where you live by making the outside look nice. So if you don't have the ability to plant some things in the dirt, think about planters. Why not have two matching planters flanking the sides of the door with a beautiful hibiscus tree or something that does well in your area? It doesn't have to be limited to things in the dirt. You can have an assortment of potted plants on your entranceway as well, and it will do the same job. There's really no limit to what you can do with container gardening today. I mean, whether it's trees or vegetables or flowers, you can do it. And you can really surround your outside, the outside of your home and make it look very, very attractive. So even if you do own, say, in a condo that you're trying to sell, you can increase that curb appeal of the front door, so to speak, just by doing some container gardening right around it. Okay, who else is writing? Okie dokes. Jim from Alexandria, Virginia writes, I have a brick turn-of-the-century style home with a big front porch. Sounds nice. It has a three-foot wide eaves that are about 28 feet up and three dormers. Needless to say, the wood surfaces are hard to paint and hiring the job out is expensive. I've seen ads for liquid siding. Do you have an opinion on these products? Yeah, don't do it. Next question. <laughs> oh, but there it's not actually real. Well, you know, it's it, liquid siding is another word for paint, and we've seen a lot of ads for it out there, but I haven't seen any proof that it really does what it what it says it does. What I have seen is an awful lot of consumers complaining about it. I mean, a lot of people complaining about it. I mean, is it. it more viscous? Do they try to claim that it's yeah, like it's vinyl seen, in the paint? I think what paint? they're trying to say is that it seals, you know, it seals in the wood and basically eliminates the, the need for any further painting. But I uh, just haven't seen enough proofs of that. And again, I've seen a lot of complaining. Sorry, Jim. You're going to have to keep painting. Well, spring has sprung, and you probably, first step, have opened up your windows. But if you're like me, getting the second step, which is actually grabbing the sponges and doing something like that, takes a little bit more motivation (laughs) to get started. And on today's edition of Leslie's Last Word, you have some tips on how to make those projects a little easier, maybe perhaps make it a little more motivating for us to get started. 
Okay, well, if your spring cleaning has you reeling already, try these two tricks to stop messes before they start. Think about using two mats to wipe off your feet. A rough one made of AstroTurf or some sort of rough textured material to get rid of the dirt outside your house, and then use a softer mat just inside the entryway. Not a bad idea. Or better yet, take the shoes off when you get inside the house. They make nice little trays you can have. Put just inside your entranceway. You take off your shoes. You put them right in there. There's no mess. Why don't you think about storing your kitchen sponges in a bleach and water solution or zap it in the microwave for a full minute to kill the germs that live on your sponge because you use that sponge to clean up everything. So That's a cool idea. Sponges get really disgusting. They're worth like $2 and you're holding on to them for what? Buy a new one. (laughs) Exactly. And think about sealing out mold and mildew from your bathroom grout. Why don't you use a penetrating grout sealer with an antimicrobial product built into it and wipe down the walls after you shower every time for extra protection, plus gives you more time between cleanings. You know, now that I know how much work it really is, it might even take me longer to, to tackle oh. those jobs. <laughs> now, if you knew that I did spring cleaning practically on a weekly basis at my house because I'm a freak. Yeah, but you start your spring cleaning in what, January? No, I clean my house like all the time like really? that. Uh-huh. Well, I guess then that's why you've developed such good tips. <laughs> hey, coming up next week on The Money Pit, April showers may bring May flowers, but they also bring wet basements in a very, very big way. So we're going to tell you how to figure out where all that water is coming from and how to get rid of it once and for all. That's it for this edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.